It is a technological world, and Blaine Kylo is the dad with all the toys. It's solocore.com if you want to uh, find out more about what he gets up to. Also on the Twitter, solocore as well, S-O-L-O-C-O-R-P-S. Blaine Kylo, you know what our um, our our movie theme, I think, is going to be for tomorrow night for the Shift AV Club. I think you'll like this. It's going to be, um, well, dad movies because Father's Day is coming up. I know that you're like Vancouver's best dad, so. You know, that's a that's a tough tough thing to live up to, maybe. Right? Which part? The movies or the Vancouver's best dad? No, not the Vancouver's best dad. There's a lot of dads out here. Yeah. What, I'm what, sure. what so what qualifies as a as a father's as a dad movie? I don't know. Any, anything that's anything just that you're it? trying to make your kid watch that they won't watch because they don't watch movies. Oh, anymore? I see what you're doing. Yeah, like when you're in trouble, like the no, and it can't. Dad movies can't be like dad's choice of movies, like Black Hawk Down. Like it's not that. I think it's movies about relationships with dads. You know, oh. feel the dreams style. Uh, I dragged one of my kids out to see the new Spider-Man. It's a pretty dad movie. Is it? Yeah. It. It really, really. F- it. It. It really lands on um, the dad relationships in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's really good. We're not going into the genre of daddy issues, um, and we're not going into the genre of who's your daddy. So we're going to leave those ones aside. uh, (laughs) Because that just makes it weird. Yeah, we're just going to leave that away. Okay, so you, uh, let's talk about the gaming stuff first, because we did, I, I have questions about this whole VR, AR headset stuff, and how it's even useful for the price is astronomical we talked about a couple of days ago but for those who missed it it's very expensive and and blaine's gonna help us understand how we do that let's get into some of the gaming things ryan played video games all weekend i was playing pac-man or something i don't know um but uh what do you got for us this week well we're we're gonna start with another virtual reality headset actually the meta quest 3 this is meta so like former facebook now called meta the mark zuckerberg show um, he bought the a, a VR headset company a few years ago, and his and that's right when he changed the company's name from Facebook to Meta because his whole idea was, well, we're all going to be in the metaverse and we're going to wear these headsets and we're going to interact in that space. And so the MetaQuest Three is the third sort of edition of that virtual reality system that the Facebook founder is so bullish on. The new hardware is coming later this year. They haven't announced a date. It's going to be priced at $690 in Canada. And it's largely a game system. I mean, that's really what the... Zuckerberg talks about all these other experiences, about how you're going to have meetings in the metaverse and all that kind of stuff. But really, people are buying quests right now to play games on. And so there's there's like over 500 titles of content. Some of them are experiences in movies and some of them are games. The Quest 3 is backwards compatible so you can play all those old things on the new system. Some new games announced to be played on the Quest 3 when they announced the hardware last week. Um, Sequels to Arizona Sunshine, which is like a zombie shooter that you play in VR. I Expect You to Die, which is actually kind of interesting and fun. It's kind of like a virtual puzzle room except you're a spy and so you have to like 
disarm bombs before they go off and things like that. So kind of an interesting, fun game to play. And Asgard's Wrath, which is going to be apparently the biggest title ever on the Quest platform. And that's an action game where you get to swing swords in the virtual reality space. Um, so that's what Facebook Meta is doing with virtual reality headsets. I think it's quite interesting that that press conference and that event happened just a few days before everybody knew Apple was going to be announcing its VR headset um, this week. So trying to get a jump on what Apple had to show off. It reminds me of, remember those IBM Apple commercials where the Apple guy was kind of in jeans and a t-shirt and then the IBM guy was in the really bad, ill-fitting yeah. suit? I'm, 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 a, I'm a PC and I'm a Mac. Yeah, that's absolutely. Right. Yeah, that's what I kind of feel like is happening here. You've got Apple trying to do this uh, highbrow frenzy and then you've got Meta going like, here's our 16-bit video game eyes. Well, in, in, in a few minutes when we talk more about Apple's pretty innovative Vision Pro will get more into the difference between what Apple's doing and what Meta is doing with the Quest and what other sort of headset companies are doing with their headsets. Apple's doing something quite different. It seems like we don't understand it Clearly, they have a vision because there are an awful lot of providers that are racing to get us this. We'll dig into more of this coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Blaine Kylo is here, Battlefield uh, 2042, unless it's a dyslexic typo, uh, is looking 20 years into the future, not into next year. Yeah, this is actually a game that released in 2021. And, you know, Battlefield is EA's sort of military shooter experience. So it was always kind of running along with the Call of Duty series that comes from Activision. And 2042, when it was released in 2021, it was a bit of a rocky release. It was criticized for having technical issues. The company DICE, which develops the game, they're based in Stockholm, they made the decision with 2042 to change the way you select characters. And their idea was, in instead of going with sort of the the really strict class system where you pick an assault soldier or a recon soldier or a support soldier or an engineer soldier. And each of those classes have very different jobs. And so when you're playing these massive games where you've got lots of people, like you can play 128 people games when you're playing Battlefield. Have everybody sort of having a role means that you can you know where to go to get healing if you need it. You know who's gonna everybody's got a role to play. And Dice abandoned that with 2042, and the whole idea was they wanted to give players more flexibility. And so instead of having these really strict character classes, they had this other approach where you could kind of pick anything that you wanted to do and you could create the character that you wanted to play and you could bring in all of these different elements as opposed to fitting these sort of strict classes. What they've discovered was that too much choice, especially when you've got 128 players all making their own decisions about things, leads to confusion and chaos. So you ended up having nobody really with any role because everybody was trying to do their own thing. Five, a couple of years later, we're entering into season five of Battlefield 2042. DICE and EA have been working their 
butts off to try and sort of regain some trust with gamers and update this game so that people are going to want to play it. They've gone back to the original class system. They did that last fall. They continue to update the maps of the game to make them better. They continue to update the software that anchors the whole experience. And today, Season 5, New Dawn, released. And my sense is, is that if people were soft or sore about Battlefield 2042, now's the chance to come back and see what it is that EA and DICE have going. Because like so many other games in the past, they've revamped this thing, they've updated it, they've made it better, and it's worth a second look. And they're committed to this franchise because they also revealed this week that there will be a season six update. It's already in the works. And so they're continuing to look ahead and continuing to look at ways to improve the Battlefield franchise for the players who like it. It's one of the cool things I think that's often forgotten. When you compare it to other forms of entertainment, even video games of back in the day when you had your, your Pac-Man or your Donkey Kong or even fast forward to your Mario or Zelda, you or even Halo, that was the game. Your favorite sitcoms, that was the sitcom. When Seinfeld ended, that was it. That was the end. There was no changing it. But what we have today in today's world is sort of this notion of the the seasons and 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 all these things, right? Um, and how how dynamic it becomes because if it doesn't go quite go well but the premise is okay they can just fix it and do it differently it's all about trying to keep the audiences where you want them and so it's not enough anymore to give them one experience well that's not true i think that there is a place for the one-off experiences and there are still lots of games that are being created that give us that i can think of the last god of war game for example Really, once you've finished playing that game, there are still things you can go back and play, but really, once you're done the story, you're done the game. Mm -hmm. But there's this other genre of games. They're called live service games, and the whole point about them is they're constantly updating, they're constantly refreshing, and they're constantly trying to find ways to keep audiences there, because if your attention is there, it's not somewhere else. All right, Blaine Kylo's with us for overtime here. On the shift, solocore.com. Now, I wanted to uh, keep Blaine around so we could talk about some of these new gadgets. Blaine, new gadgets coming out. We'll get to computers, but let's talk about these Apple goggles things. $3,500 US. Incredible. Yeah, but they're not meant for you. They're not meant for me. The Vision Pro, Apple's Vision Pro, they're, they're not even calling it a VR headset. They're actually really encouraging media not to call it virtual reality or augmented reality headsets. They really want people thinking about this as a spatial computer. And I think that that's because the whole point of it is it's designed to be used in the space of the world that's around you. And the tech here is really amazing. Now, I have not tried this. I know that there are some journalists who were down in San Francisco for the briefing earlier this week that did get hands-on. Everybody was getting about 30 minutes to spend with the Vision Pro headset. Um, and you know, everybody in negatives, okay, the price $3,500 us is excessive. I think that that indicates who Apple thinks is going to be buying these, but in terms of the technology, like the pass through video, which is because anything that you see 
the whole point of the Vision Pro is you can either see what's on the screen of the experience that you're interacting with, or you can see the real world that's delivered to you from the cameras on the outside of the headset. And the pass-through video, that's what they call it. You're, you're passing through the video of the outside and onto your, onto your screen, which mimics what you would see if you weren't wearing a headset. It's so good that you don't really realize that you're actually seeing the real world through a screen as opposed to through your eyeballs. Um, the resolution and the comfort of this headset from the reports that I've been reading are off the charts. It's like this, this is unlike anything that people have tried before. Um, and one of the other things that is really interesting is there's a little dial on the headset. So you can actually turn up and turn down the amount of external world that you're bringing in. So if you really want to shut out the, all the world, you turn the little dial and it slowly turns off the external world. So all you're seeing is what's being displayed on the, on the screen, mm. or you can turn that up and you can see all of the real world. And when that happens, of course, that's when your eyeballs actually show to the external viewers with that uh, feature that they call eyesight. So it's actually using cameras that are shining into your eyes and recreating your eyes on the external of the Vision Pro so people can see that you're looking at them. Some really interesting innovations in terms of making this headset less weird to be wearing in rooms with other people. And I think that that's quite significant. But the fact that it's $3,500 and the fact that it's only going to be available in the U.S. at the beginning means, and the fact that this was being showed off at the Worldwide Developers Conference, this is not a consumer show. It's actually for people who are developers, people who are in the tech industry. Apple's making this available so that people are going to developers and people who are in the tech world are going to get Vision Pro headsets and they're going to play around with them and they're going to find things that are going to make the second and the third generation of the Vision Pro maybe more interesting to the general consumer. In the meantime, there isn't really a whole lot you can do with them. I think that maybe the best thing that you could do if you have five grand Canadian to throw around would be it's going to make an amazing movie theater that you can take with you anywhere you want. And because you can have the screen as big as you want inside that virtual space, you can have a pretty nice little movie experience anywhere you go, mm. like on an airplane or on a bus airplane, or anywhere. Yeah. Right. So I think that that is really right now the killer app is just watching really cool things. It can also, because of all of these cameras, you can do 3D recording and you can do 3D viewing. And so this is a 3D headset as well. You're actually experiencing the video in the ways like you were, as if you were right there at the time. And the other thing that I thought was really interesting is the, the inter there is no controllers for this, right? Like the only way you interface with this is with gestural controls. And this is, again, reporters who have tried this thing out have said it's really interesting is you tap your fingers and things work. Like that's how you open applications. And the eye tracking is amazing. So when you move yeah. your eyes, the system knows where you're going. Where you're looking. It predicts mm -hmm. what you're going to do before you actually do it because your pupillary response 
anticipates what you're going to do. So in a way, this is a brain interface because it's predictive of what your action is going to be a split second later. Some really interesting things going on here. If nothing else, it's interesting to see Apple's user-focused approach on what headset-based computing could look like. Uh, it scares me. What are they farming for info? But I'm just a skeptic. So let's move on to, um, let's move on. We've got about 30 seconds here. Computers, MacBook Air 15-inch came out. There's some new ones. Just touch of the highlights. Yeah, uh, the Mac Studio is a $2,700 computer. No screens. It's just a box. It's the new M2 Max and M2 Ultra chips. The Mac Pro Tower is really interesting, really expensive, Really, the best laptop that you can get right now is going to be the 15-inch MacBook Air. It bumps up from the 13-inch screen, and it's built with Apple's M2 chip, which means it's fast and efficient. I think that that's the one that I'm getting. And uh, some changes to Apple's operating systems, we can talk about those next week because there's some interesting things coming to your different devices. Look forward to it. I have the 13-inch and recommend it. BlaineKyloSolarCore.com. Thank you, brother. See you next week.